You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, before we talk about Atlanta and Seattle tonight, have to start with Minnesota yesterday. Do you think, based on what the Vikings did against the Rams, Case Keenum will be the starter for the rest of the season? With this preface from yours truly, I do not think a team can win the Super Bowl with Case Keenum as the starting quarterback. <laughs> I like Case Keenum, man. He's He's kind of resurrected himself out there in Minnesota, and they're playing well. I don't know why he's not the starter. Uh, what Zim was doing is, you know, kind of unorthodox, not saying that he is your guy. He's led you to uh, where they're at now and lost two games. I mean, they're they're playing really good offensively. Uh, obviously, nobody watches the game plan or looks at the game plan weekly to see what uh, Alan Thieleman looks like because he's crushing it every single week. But Case Keenum has done the job, man. He, he's, he took care of the football. He's done a good job of leading your team. And I'm not sure with all the stuff that happened at the beginning of the year with Bradford that they thought they would be in this position. And to have a guy like Keenum step up and take the realm, I think is huge. And uh, I think he should be the guy going forward. And uh, I know they say, hey, that, that, that our, our boy is healthy and everything. But uh, I don't know, man. Teddy Bridgewater, we, we don't know exactly how healthy he is. He's just been clear. I don't know if he's ready to go and lead this team. And right now they have a, they have a good rhythm going in. The, the guy who's running the helm is Case Kidman. He should continue to be the guy. To validate your point, he's been off for a year and a half, and I know some may want him to go in now, but continuity rhythm and rhythm matters. I mean, all you have to do is talk to Coach. Um, what's the coach out in Buffalo? Sean McDermott. I mean, look at yeah. the problem that he's created <laughs> by moving the quarterback and Nathan Peterman in and knowing that you only had, what, three, t- three interceptions thrown by Tyrod Taylor, but we end up seeing Peterman throwing four touchdowns in his first eight attempts, and then he ended up throwing five total in the first half. How much of a bonehead move in the blueprint of what you should not do when you have a team at five and four, second in their division, do? That's good. I mean, I think you have a great point. I mean, it, it was one of the things that caught, not just me, but I think it caught the entire league by surprise that, you're right in the thick of things. It's not like you're one of these teams that's you know sitting at three and six or something, and you're trying to figure out your identity, and your offense doesn't have any flow. I mean, I know he doesn't put up the, the big monster numbers, but he does the thing that you need most importantly. What you just mentioned is he takes care of the football, three picks, and then you know Peterman comes out and throws five in his first outing. I mean, it's, it's not what you expected. It's not what I thought should have happened, especially with a guy who's been consistent for you. Uh, I know you want the offense to have more explosive plays on the field, but he just brings a totally different demeanor to that offense with his mobility, uh, with all the experience he's had already playing. So I'm not sure why Tyrod was not your guy. And then to to pull Peterman after what happened, it makes it look really, really uh, confusing now that you you pulled him in the middle of that game, even though he was throwing those picks, and you're back to the guy who you sat on the bench. So uh, Bonehead is probably the best adjective to describe what happened they're in Buffalo, and they're paying for it now. Taking around the league with our friend DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. DJ, we're all big fans of Dak Prescott, but what have you taken away from his performance, not only on the road in Atlanta, but what we saw last night? Shaky with the three interceptions, less than 150 passing yards, and he lost a fumble. I think you're starting to see exactly how much Ezekiel Elliott means to this team. And when you have a run game, when you have a guy back there just as dynamic who can take the pressure off you, then it makes your game a little bit easier. And as a quarterback, we all know a good run game can only complement you and makes you feel more comfortable. Now, by throwing the three picks, 
he had a pick last week versus Atlanta that was terrible. That got overturned, um, but it was just terrible. He's thrown into coverage a few times. He hasn't looked as comfortable in the pocket. He seems to to want to get out even faster now, and rightfully so. He's been sacked, you know, twelve times in the last two games. I mean, that's something uh, that you definitely uh, don't want happening to your franchise guy. So, not having that run game, not having uh, more playmakers around you to help you facilitate the football. I know you got Dez, you got Jason, but it it hasn't been that type of year when Ezekiel has not been there, and not having that guy back there. Uh, I think he's kind of pressing a little bit. He's trying to make more plays. He's trying to fit balls into spots he usually wouldn't do. And he's usually one of the more careful guys with the football, as we saw last year in the beginning of this year. When he had that run game, it was all about, hey, let's get ourselves in third and manageable situations and where we can run it or throw it. Now you take no run game out of it, it's hard, and he just presses. DJ, when you look at the NFC and you look at Philly being the top team, being at, uh, what are they right now, 9-1, and one, and the Saints have run off eight straight wins. Uh, you also sit there and you have Minnesota who's playing really good, and then you got the, the second-tier teams, and which could easily be first-tier teams, teams like the Carolina Panthers and the L.A. Rams. Give me your take on who do you think is the best team within the NFC right now, even though the record says Philly's the best. Do you agree with them being the better team in that division, in that conference? You know what? If you look around the league and you look at what New Orleans has done, I mean, that win over Washington yesterday was probably one of the better ones you saw. And we've seen over the years wins like that propel teams. And uh, you give a lot of credit to their defense throughout the year. Then they got kind of exposed with Kirk Cousins. But then when they needed to make some plays in that ball game, they did. When they needed uh, to get a, a big stop there on third and one, they came through with one, which is big. So New Orleans is a team I'm looking at as well. Uh, you, you never know uh, if Atlanta can get it rolling again. They can jump right back into uh, the, the national contention of who the best teams in the NFC simply uh, off what happens tonight. Uh, but I think Philly is definitely a top this league. And L.A. Uh, took a hitch last week, but I still think they're a very, very good football team with the way they can run the football and still play defense. Although, if you want to parse the Rams' schedule, not many quality wins. Remember, they lost at home to Seattle, in part because the Rams had five turnovers in that game, and they couldn't do much on the ground after that opening drive that Todd Gurley scored the touchdown in yesterday in Minnesota. DJ, last one for me, Monday Night Football conversation. We know the Falcons won't have Devontae Freeman, but Seattle's going to be missing both Richard Sherman and Camp Chancellor. What's your outlook for the Atlanta offense tonight on the road in chilly Seattle? Yeah, and all the indication of it is going to be some rain, maybe some weather issues. And one thing you got to remember is the Falcons played in a crazy monsoon game uh, against the New York Jets, and they had a couple issues with, with fumble snaps. I'm sure they find some stuff to get over with that. But uh, you talk about not having Devontae Freeman. Seven Coleman is a capable guy. And I remember we talked about this at the beginning of the year and talked about how can you you know keep a guy like Seven Coleman around. He's going to show exactly what he's made of. But the fact that you don't have both of them I still think is a big deal because it forces defensive coordinators to really have to prepare for both of these guys, not just run the football but out the backfield. And today you're going to ask a lot of Seven Coleman in the run game as well as the pass game. And you look at it defensively, this is going to be like a mirror image of both units. And uh, expect offensively for Atlanta to have a pretty good day. They see this style of defense every day in practice and the type of coverage that – Seattle plays. They, they play the same thing the Falcons play, that, that zone look, that cover three look, and they just play it really well. But not having two guys in secondary uh, may, may bowl really well for the Falcons with 
especially with them wanting to throw the football down the field and expose what are the missing pieces that Seattle has. DJ, you see the Denver Broncos, they started off pretty fast this year, and as of lately, it's been downhill for this football team. Coach Mike McCoy gets fired. Uh, but with that being said, with Coach Musgrave moving forward, but with that being said, do you see the quarterback of the future on this roster for the Denver Broncos? Uh, you know, you, you thought coming into the year that, that you had a, a capable guy in senior who could get it done. You know, they bring back Brock Osweiler. They're still in search. And I don't think that guy's on the roster. And, you know, it, it's hard to, to, to look at how a guy like John Elwood can't find that guy for that position. And, you know, when he brought Peyton in, that was, you know, kind of like a, a one- or two-year thing, and they end up being successful at it. But now that he's gone, they're in search of that franchise guy. And without it, uh, it seems like they really have struggled offensively uh, in the run and pass game. So this is going to be interesting to see what they do going towards the end of the season. Uh, but it definitely looks like they're in the mode of finding one of these quarterbacks in the draft and, and trying to groom one of these guys to be the guy. And also, if you know, if Minnesota still believes in Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum is making a case for himself to say, hey, I can be a starter somewhere else if oh my goodness. Minnesota doesn't want to commit to him. No, no, no. All right. It's, Case it's a holiday Keenum. week, DJ. Let's end on a high note. We always appreciate <laughs> you coming on the show. Have a marvelous Thanksgiving, and we'll chat with you next week on the NFL on TuneIn. All right, fellas, you guys eat good. Appreciate you having me. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on TuneIn.